0: Amen. I. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I. Um, praise God. Bear with me just a minute here. You know, it's good to. I know that was different for us to maybe share things that God is doing has done for us. It's not really difficult to share something God's done for us, is it? I mean, you have to think about it maybe for a minute. We should be doing that all the time, not just at church. Right? Said, man, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you what God did for me. And the scripture says that we are overcomers. Anybody interested in being an overcomer? I am. The scripture says we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb. Thankful for the blood and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. When you tell somebody what God's done for you, you are setting yourself up to be an overcomer. You've already got the blood on your life. So you're just adding the and part, the word of your testimony, and you become an overcome. When we were, uh, I don't know if you were aware or not, last Thursday morning, uh, my wife and I and Bishop flew to California. We were there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, flew back in late Saturday night. and Matter of fact, I was in Seattle Saturday night and flew in here Sunday morning early. Um. We were there at... There's a landmark conference every year. And it was very powerful. One night, I think it was Thursday night. Yeah, it had to be. Thursday night, the choir sang. And I'd never heard the song before. I think maybe that one of them wrote it. Um, but they sang that that verse from Scripture. I love it when we sing the Word. I love singing the Word. And uh, they sang that verse... Uh, I'm, an over, I'm an overcomer, I'm an overcomer, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing. But they sang that and then they would pause and someone would come down out of the choir and take two minutes and share their testimony. I mean, someone would take the mic and I, I mean, I'm telling you, it was witness of the Holy Ghost Somebody took the mic and said had talked about being in the world and being deceived and and aborting a child in that process doing an unwanted pregnancy and and the shame and the guilt, but God found them and brought them back and into the kingdom of God, and now they 're married, and they have children and god's free and I mean, and one after another, after another, and they would sing that song again. And Somebody else would come down and take the micro. And I'm telling you, we were overcoming by the blood and by the word of testimony. Sometimes we think, man, I don't know. I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. In the simple few moments before service, you got with someone and shared something God has done for you this week. You say, well, it wasn't a big deal. To who? To who? We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's not what I'm going to talk about tonight, but I'm thankful for it. Amen? Amen. Um, Where was I going here? Luke chapter 12. I really think we're going to be brief tonight, but we get in trouble when I say that. Luke chapter 12, the Lord ministered to us from this portion of Scripture through Brother Johnstone on Sunday. It has been in my heart. Last week, my family and I were sitting around the table, the dinner table. I guess it's been a week, two weeks ago now, almost now. It was a a Thursday night, two weeks ago. And uh, talking about different things going on in our communities and in our world. And uh, I know you'll find this hard to believe, but sometimes when we get talking around my table, there gets to be a flow and I sort of start, we just start talking about the word and declaring things and just having church at the dinner table. and, And I was sharing this scripture and, Several of you in conversations and here the last little while, you've heard me make the statement that the Lord has been dealing with me, and I've been thinking a lot about eternity, and uh, I haven't moved from that, and I'm not trying to. I'm trying to. I want to. I want to make life decisions in ba- based on eternity, not based on this week. I want to make choices based on eternity, not based on next month. I want my choices to be choices that are based on eternity. I do not know about you. I think I probably do for most of you. But I know about me. I plan on living forever. I I plan on living forever. What I read in this book of truth is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You've heard this, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? That sounds like forever. Everlasting life eternal life. See, we get caught in this trap of living like, man, I'm, and I, I'm probably one of the worst, right? You guys have heard me talking about turning 50. I'm getting ready for it this year. So that's why I'm talking about it. I'm building myself up to it, not trying to convince you of anything. I, but we live our lives based on this life. And cramming so much into this life. And we should live and work while it's day. But I I pray. I've been praying. God give us a fresh glimpse of eternity. Impress into our spirit eternity. Understand that we're not living for this life. We're living for the life. And uh, so I was. We were talking about that. And I was. It landed on this scripture. And. And. Uh, When Brother Johnstone began to read it Sunday, it has just stayed with me still. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Jesus shares a story, a parable unto them. And he said, the ground of a certain rich man, everybody say the ground. It brought forth. How did it bring forth? Plentifully. That's a good. Anybody want ground that brings forth plentifully? Half of us? Yeah, I want ground that brings forth plentifully. There's nothing wrong with that, you understand? So, the ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, it's interesting to me here. It doesn't say the ground of a man brought forth plentifully and he was rich. He was already rich, and the ground brought forth plentifully. That shouldn't surprise us. Apparently, there's something that happened in his life, and God's obligated by his word, and to whom much is given and much is required, but also to the person who's been faithful over a few things. God makes him ruler over many things. So this man, he didn't just... I realize it's a parable... But usually when you see an individual that's a rich man, they didn't just become rich. Something happened. They proved they could be trusted with something. And so according to the word of God, God trusts them with more. Right? We have the parable of the talents. One with one, one with two, one with five. The one with five went, doubled it. The one with two went, doubled it. The one with one went and put it in a napkin and hit it in the ground. Remember that story? And when the Lord came... The one with five that had doubled, he said, Well done. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. The one with two, Well done. You've been faithful over a few things. Then he went to the one with one, and the one with, I didn't want to point at Sister Priscilla maybe. <laughs> he went to the one, <laughs> and, and the Lord said, And he says, Lord, I knew you're a hard man reaping where you have not sown, and so I took what you gave me, and I hid it, and here's that which you gave me. And the Lord said, you foolish servant. You knew this about me. You should have at least taken it and given the money to the changers. And at my coming back, you returned it to me with usury or interest. The Lord didn't say, you poor little fellow, you've just got one. Let's go down here to this guy with 10. You know what? Go help this poor little fellow right here. That just put his in the ground because he was scared. No, the Lord said, take that one from him. And go give it to the one with four, because the one with ten's already got plenty. It's not what the Lord said, is it? He said, take from that one with one and give it to the one with ten. Does that sound right to you? Not if I'm a socialist. I mean, sorry, I mean it that way. I mean, that doesn't sound right in our thinking, right? We're thinking, God, that's not fair. That's unjust. No, no, no. There is a principle of the word of God where the Lord says, someone who's been faithful in these things, I continue to put into their hand because I don't worry about them consuming it on their own lusts. They're faithful understanding what I've given them. All right? There's a principle there. So we see in this story, this ground of a rich man, something made him that way. And as his ground brought forth plentifully, the Lord wants your ground to bring forth plentifully. It's a desire of God. He loves blessing his children. If you're a parent, you like blessing your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. You think God doesn't? He loves to. Plentifully. Verse 17. So this man thought within himself. What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. This I'll do. I'll pull down my barns. I'll build greater. And there I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. The problem with all the blessing he received is it became his. Mine. Right, And I will say to my soul, soul, you've much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then who shall those things be which you have provided? Verse 21. Watch this verse. So is he. This is why the Lord told the story. So is he or she, you or I, that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Notice he didn't say, so is he that lays up treasure for himself rather than towards God. The Lord wasn't finding fault that someone was putting away. There's a lot of principle for that in Scripture. But he said, this is the person that lays up treasure for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The Lord was speaking of the priorities of a man or a woman and where their treasure was. We know the verse, right? Where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. This man sowed. You agree with that? The ground didn't bring forth plentifully by itself. This man sowed. And this man reaped. But from this verse here, 21, we realize his priority of sowing wasn't right. He hadn't sown to spiritual things. He'd sown the earthly things. He'd laid up treasure for himself, but he wasn't rich toward God. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about seed. Remember that? The power of seed. That keeps turning in my heart in light of eternity. Galatians chapter 6. So we see this rich man that sowed, reaped plentifully. Soul required of him because he wasn't rich toward God. Paul said something about this. I said Galatians 6. I want to go to Galatians 5 first. I'm sorry, Ethan. 5 and 22. This is familiar to many of us. Galatians 5 and 22. And then we're going to go right on into chapter 6. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. How do you get fruit? You plant seed. Fruit doesn't just happen. Fruit's not automatic. There are gifts of the Spirit, yes? These are not gifts of the Spirit. These are fruits of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit can be given. Brother Zario, I have a gift for you. There you go. That's how hard it was to receive a gift. It was a gift I had. I desired to give it. He was willing to receive it. He now has the gift I gave. When the Lord chooses to give gifts of the Spirit to individuals, it works the same way. The Lord has the gift. If He desires to give it to you, He will give it. And if you're willing to receive it, you receive it, and you now have the gift. You understand? You didn't produce it, it was a gift of the Spirit. By His Spirit, He gave it to you. You can now operate in it under His authority. It was a gift. These things we just read in Galatians 5, and 23 are not gifts. The Lord does... Anybody here just have great temperance? Never get angry. Never lose your temper. Never just... <laughs> right. Anybody ever pray for temperance? That may be the cha- Maybe you should start praying for temperance. I've prayed for temperance. But guess what? I, I don't know any... I've never... I, I've been around this a while. Brother Johnstone maybe can attest to this. He's been around a little while. I've never had somebody come up and say, You know, Elder, man, I just used to lose my temper all the time. I get angry. But I prayed and the Lord came one day and boom... He just gave me a gift. I guess I don't get angry anymore. When I do get angry, I I say the right thing. I I seem to respond appropriately. I don't lose my cool. I I mean, yes, I get angry, but I seem to handle it the right way. And I've never had anybody say that to me, that it just happened. Why? Temperance isn't a gift. He doesn't just give you temperance. Congratulations, it's your gift. Now you have temperance. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. Fruit comes by that which is sown. What are you sowing? As a man soweth. Right? And so these fruits of the Spirit come from sowing things. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. These things come by sowing seed. You want these things. I want these things through my life. Fruit is what feeds people. And by the way, as a child of God, I want to operate in the gifts. I'd love to see somebody sick and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, and then be healed, and then tell them about the goodness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's why He has gifts, you understand. But people will not know you're a child of God because you operate in the gifts. The scripture is very clear. They will know you by your fruit. By your fruit. And fruit in my life and in your life as a child of God only comes by what we continue to sow into our hearts and allow to be sown into our lives. Fruit. I want spiritual fruit, don't you? This is what causes people to know we're his disciples. Fruit. Now, skip down to Galatians chapter 6. So, Paul's writing this one letter to the Galatians, right? And he writes about all this fruit that comes by sowing seed. Skip down to verse number 7 of chapter 6, for sake of time. Paul says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he what? Reap. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the Lord seems to be wanting to get this into our spirit. If I'm sowing angry outbursts, guess what my kids are going to grow up with? If I'm constantly giving my wife the cold shoulder, guess what my kids are going to grow up with? Oh, you're always sewing. If my wife is yelling at me and telling me what for all the time, she doesn't. But if she is, guess what my kids are going to grow up doing? Oh, you're always sewing. We're always sewing. If you have little children, you're always sewing. My children learn things about submission to authority by how my wife speaks to and treats me, she's sewing. And they're learning. My daughter is going to treat her husband in many ways. Based on what she's seen in her lifetime of watching my wife in relationship to me. Sewing. We, we need to be real about what sewing is. Sewing is our daily actions. daily actions i work all day anybody else do that yeah brother juan and i were talking about that tonight my daughter and i were talking about that tonight i got home last night i was working in olympia the last 2 days i was tired anybody get home and you're tired okay good it doesn't change the older you get i'm learning well it does change. I used to get home and not be so tired. <laughs> I got home last night, had drove back from Olympia and um uh, or yesterday afternoon, later in the afternoon, and had to get a little bit more work done when I got home and and I I really just wanted to maybe get a book and go sit down and read. I, I got a I got about five or six I'm working on and I need to finish one. And uh but I, I thought, no, I probably need to do something different. And so I did. I was sewing. My children know, right? Like, man, every time Dad comes home, he's just tired. I don't know. He goes and gets in his chair and he sits there and asks Mom, "When's dinner going to be ready? I'm tired of been working all day. I'm sewing. I'm sowing. My children are going, okay, so dad is a guy that doesn't have time. He provides for the family, but his care for the family, that's not what a dad does. A dad just provides. I'm sowing. You understand? Sowing. We're constantly sowing. And don't be deceived. God's not mocked. What a man sows, he will reap. What do you want to reap? This is the question we have to ask ourselves. What do I want to reap? What do I want to reap in my marriage? Okay, what are you sowing? Well, yeah, but that. No, 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 no. What are you sowing? What do you want to reap in your children? What are you sowing? Can I tell you something that I'm I'm old enough to know now? Because my children are 19, 22, and 24. It's a lot easier to sow things when they're younger than when they're older. And hear me. What you sow when they're younger gets a lot deeper root when they're older. Oh, I didn't plan on any of this, but here we are. If my children I, I I mean I can tell you this to my knowledge I don't know you know I don't like hover over them. they may as long as they were my children and they were under my care, I can tell you their whole life, I never took them to a movie theater ever. Did we allow them to watch certain things in the home at times? Yeah. Strong arm on it. Couple areas I wish I'd have been a little stronger on it than I was. Why? I was sowing something. I was teaching some habits to them. I was teaching them where I wanted their time invested. I was sowing you know, there's some things I've watched in my children that I have to be honest with myself. They do that because I sowed that. Brother Rigo's laughing at me back there. Right. They do that because I sowed that, and I'm not proud of it. You understand? I'm realizing, man, I was unaware, or blind, or nonchalant. I don't. You fill in the word there. If, if I would have been a little more aware, I wouldn't have sown those things. I would have been more deliberate and intentional about what I was sowing, my action, because it's being sown into impressionable lives, and it's going to take root, and what I sow, I'm going to reap. So wisely. Now, let's keep reading, and I'll finish. Verse 8. Watch, this is so important. And this ties in with what we read in Luke chapter 12. Why we started there. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. Hear the word of the Lord. Don't be deceived. You can't sow to the flesh and reap something other than corruption. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. But, I like this part. He that soweth to the spirit. What's he going to reap? Going to reap what? See, I'm going to live forever. This is the plan. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you and I by the grace of God, by the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives, will allow Him to lead us to sow to the Spirit daily. Daily sowing to the Spirit. Daily sowing to the Spirit. In prayer, in the Word, in conversation, in testimony, in praise. Daily sowing to the Spirit. What's happening? You say, Brother Hart, I've been doing it, but I don't see anything. I've been trying to get up and pray, and I've been doing that every day for the last... Three weeks since the new year started. However long that is. I haven't seen anything. Don't give up. Just keep sowing. Just keep sowing. Just keep sowing. If you keep sowing, you're going to reap. Sow to the spirit. So here's a question, parents. In my children, do I sow in them to the spirit? Or do I sow in them to the flesh? I have two boys, most of you know this, and they, of course, most of you know this too, are wise and astute Pittsburgh Steeler fans. See, you knew this. And, you know, when it comes to the end of the day, I could care less. But they've learned that because I've sewed that. Right? They're Arkansas Razorback fans. They grew up their whole lives in Washington, except for a short stint back. How did this happen? They've never been to Pittsburgh in their lives. What happened? It's what dad sewed. It's just, it's what dad sowed. How much more should I be sowing spiritual things? Spiritual things. We must sow spiritual things. Now you may sit here and say, with a heart, I don't know how, I don't know where to start. Don't make it complicated, it's simple. Pray together. You're sowing spiritual things. Open the word together. You're sowing spiritual things. Be willing to tell them why we believe this way. In the word of God, you're sowing spiritual things. When you don't have answers, be honest about it and say, but we can pray and God can direct us. You're teaching them something. You're sowing spiritual things. We have a promise from the word of God. If we sow to the spirit, we will reap life everlasting. Verse nine. This is what we just said. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season. We shall reap. If we faint not. What does that mean if we faint not? If I don't pass out. Don't give up. Don't lose heart if I don't relax. See, we're all human, right? You can stand with me. We're all human. And what happens is. I'm trying to think of something that doesn't get me in trouble. My wife laughed for some reason. Um, Let's do this. How many of you have ever said, you know what? I'm going to exercise and I'm going to get fit. (laughs) Raise your hand with me. My hand's up. Yep, yep, yep. And you did that for a while. Right? And then something happened. And consistency dropped off a little bit. But you still did it every once in a while. Right? And then, man, it just, it just went out the door. And it's like, what happened to that? Well, I don't know. Anybody besides me, does that sound like a familiar pattern? Okay, what happened there? I'll tell you what happened. We started sewing... And then we just sort of, stopped. well, not completely. But then finally, we just quit sowing. Now, did we ever reap? No, maybe short term for it. Why didn't we reap? How come I don't have those, you know, 12-inch guns I dreamed about? And what, what happened? Well, if I stood here and told you, well, you know, I did. I went to the gym for a month straight. And I don't know, I haven't been in the last 14 months, but come on. <laughs> I sowed for a month. You'd be like, Brother Hart, you're crazy. We understand that in the natural, it's the same in the spiritual. What a man sows, he reaps. But you can't sow for four weeks or eight weeks and then say, well, now I want my lifetime of reaping. What do we do? You plant a crop every year, right? If you were living off the land, you don't plant one year and go, man, I got a good crop. I think I'm good for the next 25 years. No, we understand in the natural, if I want to reap, I have to keep sowing. It's wonderful to reap, but to continue to reap, I have to continue to sow. Yes, This is a simple but absolutely critical spiritual principle for our lives. If I want to continue to reap spiritually, if I want to continue to grow spiritually, I have to continue to sow every day, every week, every month, every year. And when you see a life Lived for God. You see a vessel that God is flowing through and working through. You may be seeing the fruit. You may be seeing the crop that's produced. You're seeing the field of labor that's there. You're not seeing the sowing year after year after year after year after year after year after year. year. You're just seeing the results of a man or a woman that's given their life to sowing. This is why the Lord said, don't be Weary in well-doing. I can't tell you. When you just get faithful. In simple things. And purpose to be consistent. In simple things of the word of God. You'll start reaping. And you know what I've learned in my short life? It becomes exponential. And to where when you reap, you just want to sow it right back. And faster than you can sow, it seems to be reaping. What's happening? You start reaping where you haven't labored. You start reaping where you haven't labored. You enter into other men's labors. This is a principle of God. This is important for somebody. The Lord is wanting. And he's doing great things in your life. But our human nature. Human nature. When we reap. We have a tendency to relax. Verses continue. I'm not talking about. Like, man, living for God is such a drudgery. I never get to take a break. There's no rest. It's just like browbeaten. No, no, that's not living for God. I'm talking about where we find joy in him and abiding in him. And so we continue to sow to the spirit. And we start reaping. And it grows. And our spiritual life gets stronger and the roots of our spirit life go deeper and we become like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. It's the word of God. Psalms one. Sowing and reaping. So to the spirit. Spirit. So to the spirit. so to the spirit. It will produce fruit. It will. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to plant seed in your spirit. It'll produce. I've been trying to avoid this, but I can't. If you need the Lord to work in your financial situation, just so. Just so. Just be faithful. Week after week, month after month. You say with well, the heart, you don't know how thin things are. I probably don't. But I got tax returns I've kept from twenty five years ago because they're my testimony. Honest to goodness, I have tax returns from 25 years ago I've kept. They're my testimony. Where I just. The adversary tempted me to stop sowing, Brother Johnstone. Stop sowing. And you can't even put food on your family's table. Stop sowing. But I read something about would a man rob God? And I thought, man. I think it's rough now, I wonder what happens if I start robbing God. No, I don't want to go down that road. I'm just going to sow. Did everything change? No. Took almost four years before things even felt like they were changing. But I can look back 25 years now. Thank God he gave me grace to just keep sowing. Now, that's a small thing. That's a small thing. That's just simple obedience to the word of God. But when you start in your place of prayer and in the word and pursuing him and sowing into spiritual things more and more and more and more, I promise you, I can promise you because I have the word of God to stand on. I promise you, you're going to reap. And there'll be more reaping than you know what to do with. Last verse before we go, verse 10. Same chapter. Because verse 9 ended with a comma, I believe. Maybe it's a period, but verse 10 is important. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. And I leave you with this thought. How are you sowing in your brother and in your sister? Because you're going to reap. You're going to reap. I thank God through the years, brothers and sisters sowed into my life. And taught me to sow into the lives of others. Because there came times in my life I needed to reap. And the Lord knew. So. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness. For your grace. For the enabling power of your spirit. I thank you, Lord. For the principles of the word of God that never fail. I thank you for people of God that have a heart to sow good seed and to sow things to the Spirit. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in these matters, Lord, that you would be glorified through our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Father, where a life would be weary, I pray tonight let them be strengthened. Let them be strengthened that they... Not be weary, but continue sowing, knowing that in due season, in due season, in due season, Father, in due season, they will reap according to your word. So be it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.